All right, everybody, it's nine o'clock. Let's get right into it. We do this series every Monday through Thursday at 9 p.m. on Twitter Spaces. But as you may notice, today is Friday and you are listening. So we're having a special uh, series on Friday night. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now D1 Speaks. I am super excited about this Friday night. We're, we're talking with Roger Wilkinson. Uh, he's going to join us tonight. He is the CEO of Scouts USA. Hey, Roger, are you with us? I sure am, man. I'm glad you had us on tonight, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, talking some baseball and trying to you know, let folks know what we do here in, in uh, the Southeast with our program. Hey, man, me too. I am so happy that you're here with us tonight. Why don't I tell you what, why don't you do maybe like a quick introduction of who you are, a little about Scout USA. Don't give it all away because we'll get into it later, but just a brief overview, who you are and uh, what's going on in the future. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I'm from the state of Georgia. Um, I grew up, my father was a high school baseball coach when I was a kid and football coach. And I grew up, you know, playing sports and been in love with sports and been in the sports industry since I can remember um, all the way back to the late eighties and was a three sport performer in high school, went to junior college to play baseball and ended up playing professional golf. So um, it's kind of different background, but um, got back into the coaching ranks in the early nineties, high school football and baseball and started a travel program in 99 and I was extremely fortunate in little town of Statesboro Georgia the first team I had had um first rounder McKay McBride Atlanta Braves then I had Jonathan Broxton Brooks Brown Charlie Blackman Josh Reddick I mean it just went on and on you know and so we had a tremendously good program I was fortunate enough to get asked to you know be an associate scout for four different major league clubs and coach junior college and and four-year school at Augusta University and so just kind of evolved this program over the time and you know the the brand's been good we've had I think you know right at 110 major league draft picks over 24 years we've had somebody drafted every year since the 01 draft and I think we've had somebody playing in the big leagues every year since 2003 so I've just been extremely blessed with it outstanding baseball players and good good young men over the years and we developed this program three years ago and got out of the travel side of things and it's just really taken off man roger man i am really excited to talk to you i gotta tell you for the guy for the people that are listening i always give a little bit of insight as to who i am and generally it kind of revolves around my son and and the, what our experiences as we went through high school and then his college career and so forth. And for those who don't know, I'm from Georgia. And I got to tell you, I called Roger. What, what was it? I think it was yesterday. I can't remember we just, it's the first time we've ever met. I just kind of reached out to him, wanted to give a quick introduction of who I am. And one of the things that really popped out immediately, of course, was his connection to Statesboro. So a little about me, my wife is a graduate of Georgia Southern, and uh, she graduated in 1990. It was the last quarter before it became a university. So her, her diploma says Georgia Southern College, and we spent a lot of time at Georgia Southern. It was a great time in the late 80s, early 90s. Huge, huge 
athletic area. I mean, just a ton of athletes that were there. Of course, the football program was exploding. The baseball program was exploding. I mean, you're, you were a little bit in the hotbed. And I think, you know, you were probably, you probably graduated a couple years earlier than her. Your kids have gone to Georgia Southern as well. But one thing that you just touched on that I didn't know about, you just mentioned Augusta College. Well, that's where I went to school was Augusta College. Yeah, I'm from Augusta. Okay, <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah. Well, I live in Evans today. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. My parents right. are still in Evans. Yeah. And in, in fact, my parents, this is so nuts. My parents actually just sold their house. They're on Blanchard Road. They just sold their house. And they're moving out to uh, live with my uh, my sister. They're going to go out to Woodside in in Aiken, South Carolina. They've been in they've been in Evans for the last twenty years. How about easily, that? I got here in um, in Evans in two thousand and three, and I live right around the corner from Brent Blanchard Road, right off of Hereford Farm Road. So, oh, of course, small I know world, it. small world, right. Holy cow, Roger! I feel like this is like a big setup. Like my two sons played at Evans. My oldest daughter went to Lakeside, and my two sons played baseball at Evans, and my youngest daughter graduated from Evans, who's at Georgia Southern now. Well, Roger, I know all about it, man. I feel like we're kindred spirits. We're probably brothers. Some, right, right, yeah. right. Cousins at least, huh? <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. You know how they talk about the family tree, and it kind of right. goes straight up. There's not a lot of limbs, so we're probably right, right. related somewhere. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, just as an aside, did you see where Harlem, Georgia won the state? I sure did. I watched them play. They had a great team. Uh, head coach Jimmy Lewis. I think it was his 45th season being the head coach at Harlem High School. So he goes all the way back to the 70s, and he won the title in 1986, and he just won it again this year. So that's congratulations to Harlem High School. They had a really good team. I think they went 33-1 and one maybe. Had, I saw them play a couple times. They had a good club. They had a phenomenal season. Anybody does. If you win the state, I don't care what the region is. You know, if it's single A, four A, six A, seven A. I mean, you you win a championship, you have accomplished something. And what a record Jimmy Lewis has put down forty five years. I've got a nephew that played for him probably twenty five years ago. Just had a son. His son's maybe five years old, and he is dreaming in his mind what his son will look like in a Harlem uniform. You know what I mean? <laughs> Those guys love, they love it down there. And Jimmy, I don't see Jimmy uh, quitting anytime soon. He's, he's got a new, he's got some gas in the tank now with the state championship. So he's fired up to go another few years. Man, this is awesome. I am so happy that you joined us tonight. Thank you so much, Roger. Tell us about, but tell us about Scout USA. I mean, this is the reason that we're on this call. So, <laughs> What is Scout USA? And then, and then really kind of give us a little bit of an overview. What's the benefit to the kids that say, hey, I want to be part of this? Sure. So just to kind of give you a little foray into it. So when I was coaching at Augusta University, I was no- noticing like a lot of our guys, they would come freshmen coming in. They weren't ready. You know, and I had a really, I still have my travel program. And I had a really um, talented team. So I didn't have a lot of kids every year going to Division II schools. We had a lot of draft picks, Division I players, and I really hadn't – I knew, you know, I knew the Division II level by just going to the games and scouting and whatnot, but I haven't really, like, sat down and dug into it that deep. And when I was coaching there, I noticed that um, 
kids weren't quite ready yet. It was an old man's league even back then where most of the players were 21, 22 years old. They had transferred from a couple, usually from D1. And it was just a tough environment. So these kids were coming in. And then um, they weren't ready. They were really blowing a year, either red shirting or getting to play just a few innings. And you don't have much of a staff, so it's hard to, you know, get them mixed in a lot in BP and inner squads they play, but not in very many games. So it's kind of clicked with me then back in 2016. So, you know, I think there's a market for high school kids that flew under the radar that would be really good in this type of environment. So, I thought about it then, and I just didn't pull the trigger on it, and I decided to do it 2020, and it just happened to be when COVID hit. We had already made plans and already got this thing going, and, you know, and COVID hits, and we're, now we're trying to scramble and, you know, put together a team, and we, we had 29 players, and I got really lucky. I, again, I had a really good travel program. And I had a, a player that was at University of Tennessee named Javon Ray, who now pitches at Georgia Southern. He, 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 he had played that COVID year at Tennessee, and he didn't want to go back And the year right before COVID. And so he ends up coming to us because a lot of people, weren't, they weren't even playing that fall. And we ended up getting another player by the name of Cameron Foster, who was a big six-foot-five basketball player that – little underexposed out of Westminster Academy in Atlanta. And then, you know, the pieces just kind of fell together. And we got another kid, Ford Townsend, who had played at Mercer. And all of a sudden, man, we got a real good college baseball team coming in here. So we get started that fall, and we go out there and play our first game at USC Union, a junior college in South Carolina, and we roll out there and beat them two out of three. You know, and then all of a sudden, the momentum started. We had, um, I think we were nine and eight that fall against all college teams. And we roll back into the spring and we go 24 and 10 and we play um, Inspiration Academy down in Florida for the national title and won them. We had a post-grad national title. We won it and all 28 guys signed. And so it really started a ball rolling. And Cameron Foster, Javon signed at Georgia Southern. Uh, Cameron Foster goes to Liberty the next year after spending a year with us. It's all conference, and now he leads the team in home runs in his second year at Liberty, hitting third in the order for those guys. So we really had just a real good blast off of this thing when we got started. And then last year we had a kid named Rio Foster that was the best junior college in the state of Georgia. He goes to Flodar this year, and he hit 400, stole 39 bags, hit 10 homers, All-American. So we've had the best junior college player in Georgia come through this program three years in a row, you know. And so people have a little bit of a misconception about the postgraduate stuff. I mean, we had two groups this year, one in Myrtle Beach and one in Atlanta. And if we put those two together, we had a really good college team. I mean, we had, we had a right-handed pitcher that threw 95. We had another one, 92, 94. We had another one up to 92. I mean, we had some, some – I mean, this is pretty good baseball we play. And so I think kids out there need to understand that here's the difference between us and a junior college, okay, and us in a four-year school. You can take nine hours of college credits. You can't take ten. You can take nine per semester. You can come into a place like ours 
you can you've got we've got five six hours a day to work on baseball you take your classes in the morning we start at noon we go four five six hours a day you know how much better you can get doing something every day for four five six hours i don't care if you're hammering nails you're going to get better at it and so our players are getting a lot better skill sets a lot better strength they throw harder and they get to play every game we play. And so what happens is now you're getting to play 50, 40, 50, 60 baseball games against college teams. And guess what? When you leave, you're a true freshman. Now you've got a monster advantage over every high school kid that rolls in because so, you've already played a year of college baseball and it did not count. And that's because, just to make sure I've got it straight, anybody that's going to be listening, not only live. And let me add this real quickly. So anybody that's joining, thank you so much. Absolutely appreciate it. We record this space. So if anybody got in late, you're going to be able to hear it in its entirety. And the beauty of it is we turn it into a podcast. So you'll be able to listen to it later at your leisure. The name of the podcast is The Now uh, Underscore D1 speaks show and it's on every platform that you can imagine out there so you can listen to it later but i I think you know and this is a piece that i really want to make sure that i understand in any 23 uncommitted that's out there that they understand as well so roger what what you're saying is essentially you're in a college setting you know you guys, and we'll get into this, but you have moved. You've got these great facilities that are going to be in Cocoa, Florida. You've got dorms. You've got cafeterias. You're going to have classrooms. You've got phenomenal facilities. You have great practice. You've got elite schedule. But the college courses that you're taking, and they are college credits. Yeah, they, go, you- to a, they go to a regular college. So a lot of our players have been going to East Georgia State online or Eastern Florida State Community College is right there in Cocoa. You can go in person or online. They, these are, uh, you know, state universities, state colleges, community colleges. Absolutely. So as long as you keep it under 10 credit hours, you essentially are not burning a, a year of eligibility. That's 100% correct. And even if you – so and now this thing's kind of evolving, all right? So as this transfer portals kind of come out, like 50% of our players last year had already played at least one season in college. So they may have been a great issue at the college they were at. They weren't eligible. They didn't like where they were. They got released or cut. And so they can come in and really we've been, those guys have been able to use a red shirt year because you got five once your calendar starts at the D1 level. So if you burn one, you got four, you know, you got four. Sure. You know, when you leave me, you still got you have three because we, we use a red shirt. So we've been getting a lot of guys that are college players coming in too. And so we had, you know, like I said, about 50% of our players. What it does, I'm gonna tell you what it does, okay? Because I've been in baseball on just about any facet you can dream of. And so to me, the advantage of this whole thing, it gives you a year. You don't have to sweat if you're gonna have a bad series, somebody's gonna put you on the bench. You don't have to sweat mechanics. You can come in here, spend a year working on investing in you and trying to be the best you you can be. And so when you leave here, now you've had nine full months to invest in yourself five or six hours a day to see if you can optimize your potential. 
And man, we and and it's been a lot better. The results have been a lot better than I ever thought they would be. And if you if you come in here and just do the stuff, I mean, you know, my our head coach this year spent ten years coaching in the SEC, Division Two head coach. One of our other coaches has been twenty five years coaching college baseball. Uh, Rich Hoffman down in um, Florida was the winningest all time coach in Florida high school history. Helps us. Um, you know, my oldest son coaches in the Brave system in high A. We use a lot of their hitting philosophy stuff. Um, you know, J.J. Johnson helps me play 10 years in the minor leagues with the Cubs. I mean, you can really get some fantastic information from people that have done this. And you don't have to – you know how college baseball works. If you come in and you have a couple bad weekends, man, you're not going to play. You know, I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. Those guys need to win. And we're like a minor league system where you can come in and develop your skill sets. And then we help market those skill sets. Once you come in here, then you come in here and do what we ask you to do. You're going to find a place to play. And we help market your skill sets to move on to the next step. So we're pushing like we're right at 90 guys signing somewhere in three years. Anywhere so me, from U.S. Naval Academy to a junior college. So let me ask you something, Roger. I mean, this is a big time program. And, and I think there's just been a, a very large misconception about what post-grad is, you know. And, and so as I'm thinking about it, how do you put together a, like a comprehensive schedule and a day-to-day, and the day-to-day being, you know, the dorm, the, the cafeteria, the practice, how do you sell that piece to the, to the guys that have come in since 2020 and now the guys that are going to be coming in, you know, for the 23 season, the 24 season and beyond? How do you kind of put all that, how do you package that together and reach out and, and market yourself? I mean, we use a lot of social media. We have a lot of network. I have a lot of former players of mine. You know, I'm telling my age, we have a lot of former players that are high school coaches and college coaches and, you know, and it makes it easy. Like this year at Liberty University, Cam Foster hit 12 home runs. You know, Rio Foster hit 400 in junior college. Um, We had another kid out at Murray Community College hit 16 homers. I mean, Javon Ray is a starting pitcher at Georgia Southern. I mean, um, JoJo Jackson hit 13 homers at Georgia State this year. I mean, it, the, the product speaks for itself. And anytime a kid asks me, I said, just pick a guy off one of these rosters and I'll give you their phone number. You can call them, you know, because they're, you know, they're, they're all have gotten a benefit. They're going to tell you they benefited from being here. And it's not that we have any kind of magic bullet, but we're, we, we're veteran coaches and we understand the strength and speed, agility, the arm care. But the, the big thing is, is you got to have the right mindset. We teach how to be a winner. And if you come in here and do this stuff every day, you're going to get better. It's not magic. You're going to get better if you come in here and you go 12 to 5, five days a week, every week for nine months, you're going to be better. And that, that's the big selling point to me. I love it. It's getting me fired up listening to you, man, because I can feel your excitement coming through. And it's true. So let me ask you, like the teams that you had, the makeup of the team is the majority of the team high school kids that are looking for that extra year of development 
or has it been the majority of the guys coming? They've already they've already been at a junior college somewhere, or they've been at a D one somewhere, D two somewhere, and they're ready to transfer. But they're using your program to kind of develop their bodies a little bit more, get a little bit more exposure, and then move on. What generally is kind of the makeup of the team? We have a great combination. Like last year, it was about 50 50. Here, here's the thing, okay? Uh, every player that comes to us has some sort of flaw. All right. Maybe they need to swing the bat better. Maybe they need to run faster. Maybe they need to throw the ball harder. Maybe they need to throw more strikes. You know, they all have a flaw. Okay. And so this gives them a chance to come in and work on their game invest in themselves to get better because I'm going to tell you like transferring is not always the answer because you can transfer. If you can't throw strikes, you can transfer from Tennessee to Vanderbilt to Auburn. It doesn't matter. You still don't throw strikes and they're all going to give you the same. They're going to do the same thing. They're going to release you at the end of the year, but you don't have time to work on those things in a college environment because if you don't throw strikes, guess what? You're not going to pitch. And so if you don't throw strikes for us on Wednesday, next Wednesday, you're behind back out there trying to throw strikes again. And that's the difference because we're not getting fired over wins and losses. All right. We're trying to develop players and we're going to get these guys ready to move on. All they have to do is follow the roadmap. The roadmap is set. The only time we ever have an issue, if a guy wants to do his own thing, you know, what we have to do is like, we're going to teach you, the mental side of this thing and to get your mental game in order so that you have a winning mindset and then get your work ethic in order so that you're willing to put the time in to optimize your performance levels. It's very simple. Man, I love it. I mean, I absolutely love it, but I'm sitting here thinking who doesn't have a flaw. I don't care if you're the, you know, you could be Dylan Cruz right now, right? Finishing up your 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 year at LSU, looking at it, probably being a number one draft pick. Well, he's got flaws. Who doesn't have flaws? You know no, what I mean? But a right. lot of the guys that come to us have a flaw that keeps them out of the lineup. Right. You know, and it might be an academic flaw. Hmm. They need to learn how to do the schoolwork. A lot of it is, I'm going to tell you, a lot of it is mental, it's discipline. A lot of it is learning to be a part of a regimented schedule, having to show up, be there every day and do the stuff, and a lot, a lot of it's just bad habits has got to be reformed. That's a lot of it. Most of these I, kids have pretty good physical ability. Roger, I couldn't agree more. I got to tell you, what, hey, so this series, anybody that's listening that's never been on, the primary focus Monday through Thursday is uncommitted high school prospects. And generally speaking, I'm interviewing kids that are 23, 24, and 25 uh, graduates or, or to be graduates. And I think the beauty of the, this forum that I've presented to these athletes is it kind of gives coaches that are listening the opportunity to hear what they do off the field. And Roger just hit on it. And, and any coach, anybody involved in college baseball knows guys that make it to the college level, they're good. Of course, they're going to be good. They're going to be big. They're fast. They're strong. But what is it that they bring to the table when they're off the field? Because I got to tell you, I know, and anybody that's listening knows, college coaches are not interested in dealing with off the field issues. They are there to win ball games. period. They don't want the drama. 
at all. And I think the beauty of what I bring the Monday through Thursday piece is it kind of gives a little insight into these kids. They've got great GPAs that they're showing that the work that they've put in and it kind of gives a sense of confidence to a coach to say, okay, I know you're good on the field and now I'm kind of hearing what you are off the field. I'm probably not going to have to worry about you. I like that a lot. And I think that's what Roger's alluding to right here. And hey, we have, we have guys that were terrible in the classroom their first year of college because they didn't know how to – they didn't have the discipline piece down every day. And, we, you know, we had a pitcher come in. He'd struggled in college, and, you know, and now, he, you know, he had a, good, a year to, like, build some discipline, build some confidence, build a routine. I mean, he leaves us throwing 94. I mean, the guy's pretty good, and he's going to contribute greatly to his next spot at Montreal College. So, um he, you know, here, here's the whole thing. High school baseball, it's a huge adjustment, even if you're an outstanding player, from the physicality piece to the time piece to the organization and the demands of the day. And a lot of high school players come in there and they're used to having a two, two-and-a-half-hour day, taking some classes, and, and it's pretty relaxed. And then all of a sudden you get thrown into the, you know, the Marine Corps, and a lot of them can't. They, they, the shock of it hits them, man. You know, it's like not only the talent on the field, but the absolute regimen of every day that you have to follow in a college program. And so, what this does is it gives them the opportunity to do this for a year, and and kind of build that system so that when they leave us, they are ready to go. And a lot of most of our players leave us, and they walk in and they play. They don't walk in and watch. You know, and and a lot of guys, I mean, and we've had a, several guys that have come in. We've had two guys come in as infielders and leave us as Division One pitchers, you know. And so, you know, it gives you a chance. A lot of guys want to be two-way guys. So we'll let you be do your two-way stuff. And then, you know, you're, the game will tell you when you need to do one. And so, you know, then they can focus on the one and they can, you know, make that decision. But, you know, a lot of times in a – especially now in junior college, there's 50, 60, 70 guys out there in the fall, and you're just not getting that many reps. And if you're not already ahead of the curve, then you're probably not going to get in the lineup. I mean, it's just the way it is. You know, and it's not the coach's fault. Schools are making these guys bring in enrollment. You know, they need enrollment because, you know, so because, you know, they don't make you have to take the SAT anymore at a lot of places. So these kids are skipping community college and going to a four-year. And so their overall enrollment is down. So there's a lot more numbers, you know, at some of these community colleges, the 50, 60, 70 guys out there in the fall competing for a 30-man job, you know. So I think that this gives you a chance, really. I keep going back. It gives you a chance to invest in you and see if you can optimize your performance. That's, that's really what we do. Roger, you're speaking nothing but the truth. You know, and I don't want to – this this interview could go so many different directions. I love talking to you because you're just speaking nothing but the truth. And and I, and I don't want to go down the path. I don't think it's the right forum. I don't want to go down the path of the SAT and the ACT just being thrown out the window and, and, and what COVID kind of brought along. I don't want to do all that, but I think you're 100% right. I know what you're talking about, 100%. But anyway, hey, Roger, tell us – Give us some insight as to what's happening in Cocoa Beach and and kind of what that's going to look like and bring to the table and and really 
the opportunities that that's going to give the guys that, that are going to be part of Scout USA? So just to give you a little bit of background, so I started with the program in Augusta, and after the first year, we were playing in the pro stadium, our home games in the new pro stadium, you know, in Augusta, which is a super beautiful facility. And we were fortunate enough, a guy let him use a field out one of the sandlot fields in Augusta here to practice on it, just, but it just wasn't enough facility. So we moved to Lake Point. And the problem that we had at Lake Point is great practice facility, but the traffic and trying to get kids to practice and all that stuff. So we, we ran across, it used to be the Houston Astros Complex, Coco Expo, a company out of California bought it. And we worked out an arrangement with them to bring our school to Cocoa Beach. And it's got 300 dorm rooms. It a house, 300 people. It's got a big cafeteria, kitchen area, two 30,000 square foot indoor facilities, weight room, a 4,000 seat stadium and five practice fields. And so we felt like the housing was the key that we could house the kids, feed them, keep them in line with our nutrition program we have a nutritionist i mean what some of the stuff that we do like the guys go to a physical therapist first time in the week of the semester they do an assessment on their bodies all their deficiencies so we can gear their strength training program to their deficiencies we got arm care stuff i mean we got the whole gamut it's like you're in pro ball and but this facility is going to allow us to really get that housing piece and have the guys with us 24 7 so that we can monitor their academics and their baseball like all day, every day. And I think to me, it's a perfect scenario for training athletes. The other places are fine. You know, we were up at Myrtle beach too. It's just the housing and not the kids having to run around to get there. I mean, having everybody on sites is going to be such a big deal for us. Oh, it's huge. And that, that facility is awesome. You know, as you mentioned, it's the old Houston Astro. I mean, and it's in an, an ideal uh, location as well. I mean, that's big time. I mean, we, so, we play like, you know, I was working on the schedule today. We play Palm Beach State. We're playing um, Lake Sumter over there in Florida, uh, ABAC. I mean, Andrew College in the World Series right now. We got a couple guys on that team. I mean, we play a lot of um, NAI schools, Division II schools. Last year, we opened up with University of North Georgia in a preseason scrimmage for them, but it was our first game. And so, you know, man, we get we play some good teams, you know, in Florida and Georgia and South Carolina. We play Flodar, we play USC Lancaster, and we play some good teams. And what this does is it gives our guys a reality check because they'll punch you in the mouth, man. They're you know, they're they're trying to beat you, you know, and they don't want to they don't want to lose to us. So we have to, you know, it's a really good training opportunity for our guys to see what this is how it's really going to be it's not a fifth year of high school i know there's a lot of you know like combo high school academy postgrads around the country that's not really what we do we we are a college operation that puts you in a college environment playing college teams with a college practice schedule every day heck yeah i mean the teams that you were just listening i mean that's big time baseball i'm here in florida and i'm telling you like palm beach Atlantic and so forth. I mean, that is great division two baseball. Lake Sumter is awesome junior college. I mean, that's legitimate big time baseball. When you get down here to Coco uh, this year, would this be the first year and would you kick off in the fall playing? 
Yeah, well, they, the kids report August 1st is our move-in day. We'll start practice on August 2nd. We'll go hard, like, indoctrinating them and training and lifting and kind of like spring training the month of August, and we'll play 20 games uh, September and October. Um, you know, we'll play, you know, the Florida and South Georgia JUCOs and the South Carolina JUCOs in uh, September and October. Then we'll, in November and December, we go back into training mode. We work on individual pieces, strength, arm care, velocity, you know, all the way up to Christmas break. They go home just like in college for about two and a half, three weeks. They come back January 1st. We ramp everything back up to get ready to play. We open up with Lake Sumter January 27th at their place, and we'll play about 40, 45 ball games. Okay, that's perfect. I was I was about to ask you kind of like, and maybe you could still do it. So August 1st, you report. What What's kind of the day-to-day for the student? What would it look like for them? So they'll get up at 8, eat breakfast in the cafeteria. They'll have from 9 to noon to do their schoolwork. They'll report to us. At, they'll eat lunch at noon, about 12.30, 12.45. We'll report to um, either strength training or small groups or early work for about an hour. Then we'll, then we'll work our way into team practice every day, and then we'll finish up team practice, and we may have conditioning or you know, we yoga, whatever it might be. You know, we have a, I have a calendar every day of the year planned out for them. And so, you know, we may have a game. Um, we either take vans or buses to the ball games. We feed the team on the road. I mean, if we stay overnight, this, you know, we stay in the same place. It's not like a travel ball situation where you come and go. Everybody goes. And we usually play double headers. Our typical roster will have two guys at each position. One guy play game one, the other guy play game two. Our pitchers are on about a 50-pitch count in the fall and about an 85-pitch count in the spring. And so we play plenty, man. These guys get a lot of inner squads. I mean, we try to make this thing as close to University of Florida or Chipola or whoever just every day as close as we possibly can because we want them to get a real experience of what it's going to be like. Absolutely. I mean, just sitting here listening to you, it sounds like it really mirrors a, a college situation. Let me ask you something for the the year that's coming up. Are you still recruiting or are you full? No, we are. We um, our recruiting season starts. I mean, we follow kids, but like it really heats up in May, May, June and July. Usually, you know, because kids are getting released from their college or uncommitted guys are finally figured out hey, man, I might need to look at this option, you know. And so we, we sign guys all the way up till the end of July. Okay. Generally speaking, are you reaching out to them or are they reaching out to you? It's a combination. When we, we have people on the road looking at guys and then, you know, kids find us on the Internet or through social media like this or, you know, they'll send me video clips. I Typically, I've been bringing – guys in to visit with me and Coco. We've got a visit set up for June the 3rd, another one June the 10th. We have kids from all over the country, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, you know, Miami, I mean, Kansas City. I mean, kids are coming in from all over the country. We'll carry 35 players typically. You know, we'll go two deep and then 15 or 16 pitchers. That makes sense. I was going to ask you, is it one team or multiple teams? But it sounds like you have the one team. I mean, if you're playing – too deep at every position, you know, I mean, that's going to be your 18 players. And then you're going to carry somewhere around 
15 to 17 pitchers. Correct. That's why uh, we carry three catchers. Makes sense. Just because we need them, it takes them. And then, you know, if we have more guys than that, then we split squad them. Last year we had about 42 or three guys. We split them up between Myrtle Beach and Atlanta. Okay. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for giving us a, a I mean, little bit in-depth picture of what it is and it, it, that you do and kind of the way it looks as well. Hey, we had a kid. I mean, just this year we had an interesting situation. We had a kid that wasn't playing much of the Division Two, and he ended up leaving and came here and signed with a Division One school. And so it's been kind of some interesting stuff take place. Kids, I'm telling you, man, if kids are coming here and do what we ask them and buy in, and they they get better and um and it's just from i mean a lot of it's just from them like investing in the time and in sales and having a roadmap laid out for them to a lot of them don't know how to get better you know they weren't maybe at the greatest high school setup maybe not at the greatest college setup you know or maybe not the greatest travel program and they come here and they're a little bit lost and so Man, we give them a real regimented format to follow, and if they just follow that roadmap, they're gonna get they're gonna get better, you know. And and it's again, it's not like we have a magic bullet. I think that a lot of it is the fact that when you do something over and over and over and over again, then you're just your skills are gonna improve greatly. And we guys have been coming in here averaging 15 to 17 pounds of weight gain and five to seven miles an hour on their fastball. That's huge. My goodness, that's enormous jumps. So if someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way? How would they reach? If they're listening to this, how, how would they reach out to you and say, hey, I'd like an opportunity? Sure. They can um, call me at 706-833-3394, call or text. They can reach out to me at Twitter at Baseball Scouts. I'm like Deion Sanders. I ain't hard to find. <laughs> Do you also like, uh, you know, online, do you have like a prospect interest form or something like that as well? ScoutsUSASPI.org. We have a player information sheet, they can recruiting sheet they can fill out. Awesome. Hey, do you accept everybody or do you look at it as tryouts or do you look at their film? You bring them in, you evaluate them. I mean, just we because like someone reaches out doesn't mean they're going to be part of it. Right. We like to look at some tape or bring them in. Um, you know, I mean, we, we're pretty, you know, it's, it, we're in a position now we got a lot of good players, but you know, if the kid's willing to come in here and work hard and that, and I, and I look at the tape and I say, this guy can play and contribute, not just be on a JV team and contribute at some level of college and we'll take him. You know, gotcha. but if he's a guy that he doesn't have a chance, I usually had that conversation with them and said, look, man, you got to do X, Y, and Z to be able to play. It's going to be tough. Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of what it takes. I mean, the whole purpose of you existing is really to develop kids. It's not to take money. I mean, it is to develop them to go to the next level so that you can continue to grow your operation. And it sounds like you've been able to grow it because you've really gone from, you know, from, uh, from Augusta quite honestly, which is a great area because that's where I'm from as well. And I can only imagine you were probably out at the green jacket, the old green jacket facility. We're the and new, now, we were the new one. Oh, my word. That's a beautiful, that's state of the art. Yeah, yeah, we played our home games at the new one. It was great, man. Kids loved it. Yeah, I could imagine, you know. And But now 
when you get down to cocoa, I mean, that is truly a college type of environment. So, I mean, you're growing it. And the only way that you can really grow it is you've got to have quality kids that are coming in that are willing to invest in themselves as much as you're investing in them or, or it's never going to succeed. You know, right. I mean, I've been, we've been extremely fortunate. I mean, we've had some, we've had some really good players. I mean, you know, I think out of the 90 to sign, maybe 32 of them at division one levels. So uh, the best, I would say the best junior college player on the East coast um, outside of Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee was a kid that was in our program last year. He'll probably get, I would expect him to get drafted this year. He had a great season, hit 400, set a school record for stolen bases and six foot four, two fifteen guy that runs six, six gets people's attention. <laughs> it's phenomenal. You know? And so it's hey. just been, we've got good, had good athletes. So a lot of it is, you know what? It's like the old draft and follow, you know? The guys going in the 40th round. We've gotten guys like that because it's only a 20-round draft now. And a lot of college, they don't really have time now with the restrictions. You can only practice 20 hours a week in an NCAA rule. And that's including games. So, I mean, they don't have time, like, to take a guy that's toolsy, that's raw, and, like, wait three years. I mean, they can't do it. So, it gives these guys like that a chance to go out and play every day, man. Let's see what you got. Man, you're speaking nothing but the truth, Roger. I love this. This is a great interview. I am so happy that we had the opportunity to talk. I think that there's going to be guys that are out there that are JUCO, that are in the transfer portal, that are 23 uncommitted, and I think they're going to realize this is a real opportunity. I mean, you know, it it blows me away. There's so many kids in high school, and, and I know we all know this, that's listening to it, this D1 or bust. And they don't truly, and the, even the parents, they don't truly understand the talent level that's at D, D2, D3s, NAIA, certainly junior college. I mean, there is so much big time baseball. I mean, if you're a, if you're a 16, 17 year old kid rolling along thinking you're going to play D1 and you show up, you're going to be playing against kids that are 22, 23 years old. They're men. You yeah. know, they're men. And they have been in the weight room for the last five, six years. They're going to wear you out. <laughs> Even I could, people are amazed. Like at our level, our first baseman was his uncle had played in the big leagues 12 years. Our first baseman was six, six, four, two twenty. Our right fielder was six, two, two, ten. Our left fielder, six, two, two, ten. I mean, our shortstop, six foot, 185. I mean, we don't, they have a bunch of big, strong guys, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I love it, Roger. Hey man, you got a great program. Let me ask you something. What what are you what are you kind of seeing in the future here for specifically Scout USA? I mean, are you going to keep developing the college piece, maybe growing more teams? Are you looking maybe toward like a high school academy and growing that piece? We, I mean, I think it's down the road. The high school piece is just going to happen by itself. I I was a high school coach, and I I really appreciate the job that high school coaches do, and I'm a big proponent you know, of high school baseball. I mean, I love it. I was a part of it. My dad was a coach. But I think what you're going to see, especially kids that live in areas where the baseball is just not very good, you're going to see them migrating. And you're already seeing it. I mean, there's a some a good one down in South Georgia. There's a good one in Orlando there with TNXL. I mean, they're, they're popping up, you know, around the country. And so I think you're going to see that kind of take care of itself. We haven't been in that arena. We, we're... we're, we're 
preparing to be in that because I think that's where it's going to go. And us having the housing and the meals and we can take care of your kid on campus is kind of, you know, the idea behind this facility to be able to do both. But um, for now, like we're focused on guys that, I mean, we're like the independent leagues of college baseball. And we, we're looking at trying to do a property out in Arizona, same type of setup. You know, if we can find a minor league, former spring training complex, you know, and really have a group in Florida and a group in Arizona like that. And if it evolves into the, you know, academy stuff too, I think in the next five years, I think that's where it's heading anyway, whether we want to or not. And then um, really get these guys prepared for college. I mean, I, I keep telling people this, you know, like this kid we had last year, I mean, Rio Foster came in 6'4", 215, throws 93-4. He runs a 6'6". You know, he wasn't great academically, man, but shoot, he, he's as good a college player as you want to see, man. He, and You know, and he came to us last year, and he, he put on a show, and he put on a show at a top five team in the country this year. And we're, we're kind of looking for guys like that that, man, they, you know, just give them some – it gives them a place to grow, you know, and it gives them a place to really focus on getting better. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to be like the breeding ground for some really good college and professional prospects over the coming years, because they can, you, you can just, they can invest in themselves and really put nine months into just focusing on being great. And I, and I think that's where it's heading, man. We're like, we're, we're just going to, I always said when I was doing the travel ball stuff and I had some exceptional players, you know, I mean, going all the way back to Charlie Blackman and Jonathan Broxton and those guys, you know, major league all-stars. I always said if we could just get them every day and spend a lot of time with them, how great these guys. I've had over 100 guys drafting, only 10 playing the big leagues. And I always thought, man, those other 90, 85, 90 guys, they probably could have played in the big leagues if they just had a little more time when they were high school kids, you know, or when they were early college kids. And so to me, like, it goes all the way back to that route. It's like if these guys had the time, had a year to really develop, those 40th rounders now become 16th rounders, you know, or they may come 10th rounders, whatever it is. And so it gives these guys, it's just a great place to, 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 to train and breed a breeding ground for what I think is going to be an exceptional piece for guys that just need to gain some weight, need to get faster, have some really good pro tools that just hadn't played. I mean, Rio Foster was an all state player in football, basketball, and baseball. Just, didn't play that much baseball. And now you'll probably see his name called in the draft this year. If he doesn't get called, it'd be a shame. He's a great athlete. He's a professional athlete. And guys like that, to me, this is beautiful for them because they don't have to worry about if they go 0 for 15, they're still going to play. If they walk six guys, they're still going to pitch. You know, and so I, I just think it's a good spot. That's exciting, Roger. I mean, honestly, it is. And I can appreciate that so much because I think there's a lot of guys that miss an opportunity to really to, to develop their career and, and to be able to move on. And I think you hit on it so well. It's the day-to-day. If I just had more time in this piece, call it whatever you want. You think it's a post-grad, and I guess, I mean, I, you had to put some kind of label on it. But it gives you more time. I like I mean, that, independent college baseball. You know, that's kind of what I throw at it. I mean, people don't know what it is, so we call it post-grad. But I, I like to say independent college baseball because that's really what it is, you know. 
All right. Well, let's change the name of it. It's independent college baseball from this point forward. I love it. Hey, man, this has been so awesome, Roger. I have really appreciated this time so much with you and getting to know you. And I had no idea our connections in Georgia. I love it. I mean, all the way right back to Evans, Georgia, right? (laughs) All the way to Evans, Georgia. It's just unbelievable. It's such a small world, isn't it? Hey, listen, I I do want to end it with one thing and just kind of your perspective. And really, our core audience, as I've alluded to a couple of times, is really these uncommitted high school kids, you know, the 23, 24, 25, and so forth. What is your perception? And give us your perception kind of of the recruiting world as it stands today. And then maybe a little advice that you would just give, general advice that you would give not only the prospect, but maybe their parent as well. It's a grown man's game, and you, I would invest. I would invest my money into getting physically prepared because if you go out, you can go out and play a thousand games. If you're not physically prepared, nobody's going to watch you. You know, and so you people are investing their money and going out and playing Holiday Inn and McDonald's. And if they took that money and invested in their player development, they wouldn't need to do all that stuff, but very very little. And so I think that's where that's where parents are missing the boat. Stop investing your money in McDonald's, Holiday Inn, and running all over the country when your kid's not ready. If he's six foot, one hundred and fifty-five pounds, he ain't ready yet. You know. And so I would invest my money into technique, physical strength, biomechanics. I mean, building a building a player. And it's fun to do all that that stuff. I get it, but. A lot of people got the misconception that if I run out and play 100 games this summer, I'm going to sign. And that, that's not absolutely not true. That's true. Hey, Roger, man, you have just spoke again. You have just thrown so much truth out here. I have absolutely enjoyed our time, and I hope you have as well. And I, you know what? I hope we're able to stay in touch. I can't imagine that we wouldn't be able to. And if you would, I would love for you to come back maybe around September or so after your season is kind of kicked off, you're getting into that fall. I'd love to kind of get a feel of where you are, what it is, the, the, how well the facilities are doing in Coco and, and what's kind of coming up in front of you. So if, if you're willing, I would love for you to come back maybe three, four months from now and we spend a little bit more time together. That'd be awesome. I really appreciate you having us on. And, and hey, you're right there in Orlando. Just drive over and spend a day with us. And, you know, I always tell everybody, come over and spend a day and get on the ship and see what it's all about. You know, and um, we'd love to have you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who joined again. Hey, this is going to be a podcast. All of them turn into a podcast. It's the the now D1 speak show. It's on Apple, Spotify, you know, it, it is Amazon, you name it. It's on every major platform that's out, out there. I would ask that you subscribe. I would love a five-star rating. And uh, we'll just keep talking to great people like Roger. All right. Hey, I will also tell you that uh, Monday night, we're going to go back to our regular little schedule. We've got a 24 uncommitted graduate. Uh, he is out of California. It's uh, Brody Gundart and... Come back and join us at 9 o'clock. Hey, Roger, once again, thank you so much. We certainly appreciate it, and we're going to end it right here. So thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. You too, buddy.